Welcome to episode 130 of Morning Kickoff, a, week, a weekly Vikings football podcast where we cover all news football. I am your host, Matt Witt, and today we are live on youtube.com slash Matt Witt, as well as twitch.tv slash The Matt Witt. You come check us out every Monday and Thursday morning or listen to all the pre-recorded podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Today is November 9th on a Tuesday. Week 9 has just come to a finish after the Chicago Bears lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the refs. But today we will cover the Minnesota Vikings loss to the Baltimore Ravens as the Vikings blew another lead. We're going to be recapping all of this on today's episode of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all do enjoy. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? If you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do and would like to help out, there will be a link in the description that will bring you to my merch store. At this store, we sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs, and all of the profit earned will go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you all and enjoy the show. The Minnesota Vikings fall to the Baltimore Ravens 34-31 to in an overtime loss on an away game, moving to 3-5 and on the season and staying at second in the division after the uh, Chicago Bears also lost this week to the Pittsburgh Steelers of Monday Night Football. The Vikings will stay second in the division at 3-5. and So, again, Vikings losing another game where they had a lead going into the halftime. A two-score lead going into the half. Minnesota Vikings decided to blow another Big time loss, shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and poor play calling. We see the same thing every week. And we're back on this podcast. Vikings score in the first drive. Look great in the second drive in this game. In fact, they look great in the entire first half. Come out with the second half with a big time touchdown, a turn return touchdown. Blow the lead. Go into overtime. Somehow make it a close game when you have a two or three score lead in the third quarter. It, this happens every week. And then losing in overtime. I mean, it's every week we see the Minnesota Vikings have these same penalties ruining our season. And just Clint Kubiak and Mike Zimmer being awful coaches. And we're going to recap this once again. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Baltimore Ravens start off with the ball in this game. And the Vikings defense comes up huge. I mean, Vikings defense did have a pretty good game. They came up big. They got a, they should have got a fumble on Lamar Jackson. But of course, um, DJ Wanham was had the horse collar tackle. But again, they they just hold him to a field goal. Minnesota Vikings get the ball. And once again, in the opening drive for the Minnesota Vikings, look great. They scored in just seven plays with a 50-yard touchdown bomb to Justin Jefferson on Anthony Everett. This is what I was saying the Vikings had to do. And this is what Clint Kubiak did. This is what Mike Zimmer did in the first drive of the game. Taking those deep shots downfield because you are going up against one of the worst pass defenses in football. You don't have to work on establishing the run. You have to take shots downfield, which the Vikings did in the first drive and the second drive where they got a 93 yard drive in just 13 plays, giving Kirk Cousins a rushing touchdown. His only rushing touchdown he's going to get this season because every season he gets one rushing touchdown. Great. First two drive Vikings get a touchdown. Why? Because we are, we should, we should be getting these rapid touchdowns every single drive the Vikings have because we are that stacked of an offense. You look at our, stat sheet right now there's no holes on our offense in fact our offensive line is surprising me with how great they've been playing Christian Derrissaw has only allowed four pressures so far in his three starts and only one sack allowed on over 100 and some snaps he's played so far this season and the rest of the offensive line is doing great I mean Ole Udo People give him too much credit. Okay, we put Oli Udo aside because he has nine penalties so far this season. Yes, people will say he hasn't allowed a sack so far this season, and great, he hasn't allowed a sack. But the only reason why he hasn't is because he always holds on to his guy, and that's why he has nine penalties in just eight games for the Vikings. And then Garrett Bradbury also. But 
as a whole, the Vikings offensive line is doing better than we expected. We didn't have high expectations for our offensive line. What we did have high expectations for was our offense as a whole. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, not even KJ Osborne, but now KJ Osborne, Kirk Cousins, obviously. The money that you're paying these offensive players and the amount of stacked players you have on offense, the amount of playmakers that you have, you should be getting these big-time drives that the Vikings had in the first two drives of the game. 93 yards for a touchdown, a 50-yard touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson. I mean, the first quarter, you felt good. It felt good because they tricked me again. Clint Kubiak and Mike Zimmer, once again, for the third straight week, tricked me. I thought they fixed it. I thought, oh, did they finally realize what the problem was? Did they finally realize that they were the problem? And realizing you're going up against a terrible pass defense, maybe try taking more deep shots down the field, which they did in the first two drives of the game. Two big-time penalties, though, however, kept the Ravens in the game in the first uh, quarter. That would be, or the first half. That would be obviously the horse collar tackle that I talked about. And then also the pass interference Xavier Woods had on Rashad Bateman, which set him up for a touchdown. And then going into the second half, Vikings had the ball to start the second half. They were already up 17 to 10. Kane and Wanu with a 98-yard kickoff return touchdown, extending the Vikings lead to 24 to 10. First Vikings kickoff return touchdown since 2016 by Cordero Patterson. So in the second half, Minnesota Vikings. Clint Kubiak reminded us how awful of an offensive play caller that he is. Calling some of the worst plays I've seen ever. And it just continues time and time again where you see these tight end checkdowns. You see these uh, fullback flats, these running back screens on third and long. When you have two excellent wideouts, three excellent wideouts now. And you're just targeting, okay, Justin Jefferson, three receptions in this game. Three receptions going up against one of the worst secondaries in football. And I would be fine with Justin Jefferson only getting three receptions because like I said in my preview, I said he's going up against Marlon Humphrey. Like it's okay if you only give him a few targets this game, but what you shouldn't do is give him a few targets and then your other receivers as well. Adam Thielen only had two receptions in this game for six yards. KJ Osborne had one reception. They combined for six receptions total. Clint Kubiak just wasn't targeting his receivers against one of the worst secondaries in football or one of the worst uh, pass defenses in football. I guess uh, as of right now, due to injuries, they are one of the worst going into the season. They were a lot better, but as a whole with the injuries, this is what you have to be doing. Taking those deep shots downfield, targeting Anthony Everett, one of the worst corners in football. This is what the Vikings offense had to continue to do in the second half. And they chose not to. Why? Because they were up by one score and decided to just run the clock, continuing to run the clock and punt on every fourth down instant three and outs. That's why Baltimore Ravens just controlled the time of possession in this game was because the Vikings, I don't get the whole theory about when you're up in the third quarter to just run the clock. It's the third quarter. I don't care if you're up by one score, two scores, or 10 scores. You have to continue to extend your lead. Has Clint Kubiak watched a game of football after 1980? Same goes for Mike Zimmer. I mean, when it's in the third quarter, you have to continue to rack up those points because this happens. This happens. It happened against the Detroit Lions. It happened against the Carolina Panthers. It's happened now against the Baltimore Ravens. Three games that came down to the last second because the Minnesota Vikings, Clint Kubiak, and Mike Zimmer continue to bail the other team out. You might burn a minute off the clock. Who cares? All right, you're punting it to the other team and they're just going to respond with some points. And this is what happened where the Vikings, nobody, no Vikings fan going into the second half saw that lead or even into the third quarter after the kickoff return touchdown. Vikings were up 24 to 10. Nobody thought the Vikings had this in the in the bag. It just can't happen. 
It can't happen with the coaching staff that we have. And it just comes to show how important it is to have a good offensive-minded head coach in the NFL in 2021, how important it is to have an offensive-minded head coach that can really work with your quarterback and have a play caller who knows how to play call plays that have been developed in the last 20 years. Not these 1980 plays where you just run the clock and continue to do this in the third quarter up by one score. Even if you're in the fourth quarter up by one or two scores, you have to continue to extend your lead because this is 2021, not 1980, where teams continue to pass and teams can score in three plays. Vikings scored in seven plays in the first drive. This is what teams can be able to do. And this is what the Vikings have to do if they want to continue to turn this, if they want to try to turn the season around, which at this point in the, at, in the season is not likely. It just can't happen. I mean, Vikings, best case scenario, seventh seed in the playoffs. Who cares? I mean, Vikings get a seventh seed in the playoff. They're going to be going on the road against the Rams, going on the road against the Packers. I mean, these are teams you don't want to play on the road. Actually, I'd be fine with playing the Packers on the road. I'd be totally fine with that because if we play the Packers on the road and it's uh, in January where it's snowing, I mean, that's totally fine with us because we can just run the rock through Dalvin Cook, which we did against the Packers in Lambeau Field last year, and that worked. So, And then high wins as well. I mean, they just won't be able to take deep shots to... Uh, Devonte Adams against our defense I would be okay with playing the Packers on the road but putting that aside we can play teams on the road I mean we'll have to play teams on the road if we're at a seven seed Vikings cannot compete for a Super Bowl in that case so Vikings best case scenario is a seven seed in the playoffs but again we cannot make a Super Bowl at this point because of two reasons two reasons on why the Vikings continue to lose their games penalties and the coaching staff you forget that the Vikings had two massive penalties in the first half that led to scoring drives by the Baltimore Ravens both times. It was fourth and three, DJ Wanham horse collar tackle. A deep shot downfield to Rashad Bateman, Xavier Woods pass interference. Baltimore Ravens were able to score on both of those drives, and as a whole, the Vikings defense did an okay job, but when it comes to penalties, just continues to bail out the other team. Now, those penalties did happen in the first half, but as a whole, the Vikings defense did an exceptional job. I mean... We had low expectations. I mean, Patrick Peterson's out. Harrison Smith was out with uh, COVID. We also had Michael Pierce still coming off of that elbow injury. He was out. Uh, Daniel Hunter, of course, biggest player in this Vikings defense, missing the rest of the season. I mean, all these players were out, and we didn't have high expectations for this Vikings defense. And Lamar Jackson did rush for over 100 yards and pass for over 100 yards. So he had, I guess you would call it a double-triple. He, he had those plays. I mean, Lamar Jackson had a great game. But as a whole, Vikings defense did okay. I mean, especially Cam Bynum. Cam Bynum got a jumped a route and got a first career interception. I believe that was in the first or first half of the game, if I can remember right. Cam Bynum jumped a route on, I think it was Mark Andrews, got an interception picking off Lamar Jackson, stopping them from having a scoring drive. Anthony Barr got an interception in overtime. Vikings were not able to do anything with that interception, but they did. As a whole, the Vikings young players really came up. I mean, Kenny, or Kenny Willickis also came up with a sack. I mean, Kenny Willickis... I, First, I forgot he was with a team for a second there. I mean, obviously with Daniel Hunter out, we saw more of DJ Wanham. We saw more of um, Everson Griffin, but we also don't have Stephen Weatherly anymore. So they were using these next people up. I guess the next man up on this Vikings defensive line is Kenny Willickis instead of Patrick Jones, which was kind of odd because Kenny Willickis, uh, second year player out of Michigan State. Michigan State football is doing well in the Big Ten right now. I believe they're... Uh, are they first in the Big Ten East? Okay, whatever. That's that's college football. We're talking about the NFL Vikings here. So but the young guys really step up. I mean, Kenny Willickis with his first career sack. Cam Bynum, first career interception. Um, Kane and Wano with his first career run, a, a nine-yard first career first down. And then also his first career touchdown, which was a return touchdown. Had two great returns. And then the Vikings player of the game, undoubtedly, 
is Kane and Wanu. Kane and Wanu, another rookie for the Vikings, uh, rookie out of Iowa State, another college football team who's doing pretty well right now in the Big Ten. Uh, Kane and Wanu had two kick returns for 121 return yards and a touchdown. That is a 98 return yard touchdown. That's incredible. And one carry for nine rush yards. That was a on a fake punt that the Vikings weren't able to do anything with. They did get a first down, but again, Vikings were not able to score on that drive, so it doesn't really matter. This should be the Vikings special teamer of the week, or sorry, the NFL NFC special teamer of the week should be Kanate Wano after he had an excellent game. And I'm so excited what he can do. I said in the um, preview for the Minnesota Vikings that or sorry, that after the Vikings drafted, this was my favorite draft pick. I just love the idea of taking Kane and Wano in the fourth round when you have players like Dalvin Cook, players like Alexander Madison who get injured to have a next guy, a next man up. And I wasn't huge on Amir Abdullah as well. I'm saying like he's he's an okay back, but as a whole, we can do better. And Kane and Wano is that better player than Amir Abdullah. And I love to see him on this Vikings uh, team in purple and gold. And this guy can move. I mean, first thing you'll notice with Kane and Wano when he started, when he got the ball and started running with it, this guy's got speed. And look at his mock draftable here. Finished in the 98th percentile amongst running backs um, from the 2021 draft class. Runs a 4-3-2-40, which is incredible when he's over 6 feet and uh, 210 pounds. I mean, to run a 4-3-2 and be able to make to finish in 80 percentile or above in a lot of the most important categories when it comes to running backs. I mean, our rookie running backs look great. With both Kane and Wano and AJ Rose, like, this is why I mentioned that the Vikings should have traded away Alexander Madison to the Titans when Derrick Henry got injured because these rookie running backs for the Vikings look excellent. And I'm just blown away because Kane and Wano was my favorite draft pick. I loved how the Vikings decided to get him in the fourth round. And I said this multiple times on the podcast so far. He was my favorite draft pick. So to see him get injured in the preseason right off the kick return to, with the Chiefs, it was disappointing. And I was most excited to watch him play. But now he confirmed that he's legit. As both a kick returner and a running back, I love this guy. If he can find the opening in the open field, if you can get him a gap on the offensive line, he's fast right off the gun. I mean, Kane and Wano, come on. This guy is maybe our best draft pick when you look at because he was drafted in the fourth round to get a running back like this. And then you also have A.J. Rose. I mean, Vikings running back room, it's nice to know that we have some excellent running backs. Obviously, Dalvin Cook being top three, Alexander Madison being one of the best backup running backs. On top of that, Kane and Wano now looking as great as he was and A.J. Rose looking as great as he did in the preseason. Vikings should trade away Alexander Madison. A.J. Rose and Kane and Wano make a perfect running back duo as well because Rose might not have the speed that Kane does or might not have the athleticism when it comes to broad jump, vertical jump, but he's got size. AJ Rose is a bigger back who can power through these guys. I mean, he's stronger. He's bigger than um, Kane and Wano. So they would make a very good one-two punch. Um, and then you also have Dalvin Cook, obviously. When Dalvin Cook goes injured, I'm saying Kane and Wano and AJ Rose would also be great one-two uh, punches in the backfield. So this is maybe my favorite draft pick out of this draft was drafting Kane and Wano. And this just proved it. So... There's a couple good things to look at here, and that really comes down to our young guys, Cam, uh, Cam Bynum, Kanate and Wanu, uh, Kenny Willekes, seeing our young guys play. But as a whole, this Vikings team, I mean, it's week after week that we just shoot ourselves in the foot from penalties, and our offensive coaching staff just looks awful. I don't know what Ziggy's doing at this point, because if I was Ziggy three weeks ago, I would have cut Mike Zimmer, or sorry, fired Mike Zimmer, fired Clint Kubiak, and tried to do some different uh, switches on this coaching staff. So far in this season, I doubt it's going to happen. I mean, if it was going to happen... In this season that the Vikings decide to fire Mike Zimmer and move on from Clint Kubiak, it would be when the Vikings are no longer in the hunt, which would be in about a few weeks and Vikings will be looking to a new head coach. 
I'm excited to see who the Vikings will be talking more about this as we get closer to when the Vikings should be firing Mike Zimmer, but I'm excited to see who our next, our next head, head coach can be. Hopefully it's not going to be a defensive minded head coach. I'm hoping we can get an offensive play caller who can work with uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins to push him to his full ability, which would be as a passer and as a runner as well. So Vikings next week will move to LA to play on the chargers. That's going to be another tough game. Vikings will be underdogs in that matchup. But once again, it's going to come down to the last second, and we'll be previewing that matchup this Thursday on Morning Kickoff. I hope you all do enjoy. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 130 of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all did enjoy listening to this episode. If you did, be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast for more Minnesota Vikings football-related content. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Morning Kickoff. Have a great day.